Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 14th day of uh, hell, November 2022. I am, uh, it's Monday, so there you go. Happy Monday to you. I took Monday off of work, so this is going to be, it's not a phone it in, it's going to be, I recorded this on uh, Saturday, because early Saturday, so I could try to get some time. I still had to write columns, but I haven't had a day off since having COVID, and that wasn't really days off, not in any fun way. So after the election, feeling burned out, I took Monday off the radio and uh, decided to do this early. And of course, since I started recording, and I recorded the middle first, the intro now, the Senate has changed, well, hasn't changed hands, the Senate has resolved itself. The race, all the races out west have been called. The only thing that seems to be in doubt in the United States Senate is whether or not Herschel Walker will become a United States senator or Raphael Warnock will remain one. And you look at that and you just go, good God. Two major parties representing a good chunk of the United States of America. There are several million people who live in Georgia and these two are the best that all of that power and influence could bring to bear. That's it. That's who they could bring in. <sighs> I could go on for hours, but I won't. We're getting, we're supposed to get anyway. I hope it doesn't happen because it would be profoundly unhelpful and be good to keep the Senate at 50-50. But we're supposed to get Donald Trump's big announcement tomorrow. We'll see if it happens, like I said. We'll cover that and all that. And also at the end of this, like I said, it's not going to be about, it's going to be outdate stuff, some of it, but big picture things. Uh, in uh, addition to this, at the end of the program, you will find out who wins the autographed book, whether it is Judge Janine or, the hell's the other one? Gene uh, Simmons. Judge Janine or Gene Simmons. So there you go. And then you'll find out who the new participant is in this as we rapidly approach the Thanksgiving season. So without any further ado, let's start the show. There is a lot going on, but we have to talk about the uh, attacks on other Republicans by Donald Trump. I know. Everybody goes, you're either in or you're out. There is no gray area about Donald Trump. And my my having a gray area and being in the gray area about Donald Trump is just not acceptable. I've heard what you said. Oh, I'm a horrible person and so on and so forth. And that's fine. If you can't handle a, a nuanced criticism of saying, hey, maybe this isn't particularly helpful, then I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. But he is now releasing long statements about Ron DeSantis and about Glenn Youngkin and probably other people by the time everything is all settled. They weren't really saying much about him at all, to be honest with you. It seems bizarre that if you're going to announce a big announcement on Tuesday, which is what the former president has promised, that you should be a little bit confident. You should be full of confidence. This is not the act of a, of a confident man striking out against everybody. So uh, he released a statement. Now, Ron DeSantis, Glenn Youngkin, they haven't responded at all. 
but she's got to be driving Trump nuts, and I think it's good. It's just don't respond. He released a statement. What I'm about to read you is the first paragraph of that statement. Attacking Fox, attacking the New York Post. And uh, it's all one sentence. This is literally one sentence. Commas, dashes, no punctuation to end it until the end, which is an exclamation point statement. News Corp which is Fox, the Wall Street Journal, and the no longer great New York Post, bring back call, in parentheses, I don't know who call C-O-L is or what that is, is all in for Governor Ron de Sanctimonious, an average Republican governor with great public relations who didn't have to close up his state but did, unlike other Republican governors whose overall numbers for a Republican were just average, middle of the pack, including COVID, and who has the advantage of sunshine where people from badly run states up north would go no matter who the governor was, just like I did. It's one sentence. Then continues... Ron came to me desperate, in desperate shape in 2017. He was politically dead, losing in a landslide to a very good agricultural commissioner, Adam Putnam, who was loaded up with cash and great poll numbers. Ron had low approval, bad polls, and no money, but he said if I would endorse him, he could win. I didn't know Adam, so I said, let's give it a shot, Ron. Seems like pretty... Pretty random basis for an endorsement. I don't know him, so fine. When I endorsed him, it was as though, to use a bad term, a nuclear weapon went off. Years later, they were the exact words that Adam Putnam used in describing Ron's endorsement. He said, quote, I went from having it made with no competition to immediately getting absolutely clobbered after your endorsement, end quote. I then got Ron by the uh, I then got Ron by the star of the Democrat Party, Andrew Gillum, who was later revealed to be a crackhead by having two massive rallies with tens of thousands of people at each one. I also fixed his campaign, which had completely fallen apart. I was all in for Ron, and he beat Gillum. But after the race, when the votes were being stolen by corrupt election process in Broward County and Ron was going down tens of thousands of votes a day, along with now Senator Rick Scott, I sent in the FBI and U.S. attorneys and the ballot theft immediately ended. Just prior to them running out of the votes necessary to win. I stopped his election from being stolen. I didn't, I guess, pay that much attention to the uh, election down in Florida in 2018. Okay. And now Sanctimonious is playing games. I don't, I, I looked. I've looked, other people have looked. DeSantis hasn't said anything about Trump. Hasn't said anything about Trump. So I don't know what kind of games he's playing. The fake news asks him if he's going to run if President Trump runs, and he says, quote, I'm only focused on the governor's race. I'm not looking into the future, 
end quote. Well, in terms of loyalty and class, that's not really the right answer. How is that the wrong answer? He was asked, I've seen him ask that question. He was asked, he was asked that question at the debate. He's asked that question because that's what, I don't know why this matters to people. Well, they say, well, you're running for this office and it's a four-year term or a six-year term. Will you pledge now to finish out that term no matter what you do? It's a meaningless question. What kind of idiot would go, I pledge now, I swear to God, and no matter what, and it's legally binding. First of all, you're either encouraging people to lie or you're trying to take them off the issue at hand. DeSantis was running for governor. Look, I'm focused on running for governor. That's what he should say. What is he supposed to do? Bow down and go, whatever President Trump wishes for me to do is what I shall do. No, sorry, nobody is that special. Nobody is that special. So you're sitting there and you're going, in terms of loyalty and class, that's really not the right answer. It seems like Donald Trump wants fealty to him. Because, I don't know, seems to me like loyalty and class wouldn't involve a press release if you were interested in loyalty and class. Continues, concludes, this is just like 2015 and 2016, an immediate assault, parentheses, collusion, when Fox News fought me to the end until I won. I don't remember Fox News fighting Donald Trump in 2015 and 2016. I remember them putting him on for as long as he wanted to come on, anytime he wanted to come on. He could just call the control room and get on the, over the phone. Uh, in the end, when I, until I won. And then they couldn't have been nicer or more supportive. The Wall Street Journal loved low-energy Jeb Bush and a succession of other people as they rapidly disappeared from sight, finally falling in line with me after I easily knocked them out one by one. We're in exactly the same position now. They will keep coming after us, MAGA, but ultimately we will win. Put America first and make America great again. Again, for the record, Ron DeSantis hasn't said anything about Donald Trump, hasn't even responded to these random Ron DeSanctimonious nicknames. First of all, you got to step up your nickname game. But uh, on the plane back from Ohio the other day, Donald Trump told reporters that he has a lot of dirt on Ron DeSantis. And he'll use it if he has to. It'll ruin DeSantis. What is the dirt? Who the hell knows? And honestly, who cares at this point? But because uh, DeSantis hasn't announced anything. DeSantis is right now... Deal- Ron DeSantis hasn't responded to this because Ron DeSantis is busy dealing with another hurricane that hit Florida yesterday. Ron DeSantis is busy dealing with Hurricane Ian that still has devastated the West Coast of Florida. Ron DeSantis is too busy doing his job to respond to a press release randomly sent out for no good reason. And then there's Governor Glenn Youngkin. Just on truth, I don't know why. I don't I'm not on Truth Social. I don't need Truth. I just, I'm on Twitter. I'm not on Getter. I'm not on any of the other ones. I just 
everybody's like, look at what happened over there. And you, follow me on this thing and follow me on. The, well, why are you on Twitter if it's still so horrible? All right. Why is it? Anyway, Trump put out another statement. Quote, Young Kin. Now, Glenn Youngkin's name is Glenn Youngkin. But Trump spells it Young, Y-O-U-N-G, space, Kin, K-I-N. Young Kin that's an interest then in parentheses now that's an interesting take sounds chinese doesn't it and parentheses why what purpose does that serve honest to god what purpose does that serve young kin in Vir- in virginia could have won without couldn't have won without me i endorsed him did a very big Trump rally for him telephonically, meaning he made a phone call, and got MAGA to vote for him, or he couldn't have come close to winning. But he knows that and admits it, besides having a hard time with the Dems in Virginia, but he'll get it done. I don't know what it being done is. Youngkin isn't really a serious contender for President of the United States. He's a not a super charismatic guy. Doesn't seem to have much aspiration to be president, but who knows? Things can change. But Glenn Youngkin, just for the record, and I know this, I can feel the, the, the anger already, but I'm just telling you the truth. You don't have to like it. You don't have to like it, but the truth is never dependent upon anybody's liking it. The Youngkin campaign fought with the Trump people to keep him out of Virginia. It's true. It was last year. It was true. They did not want him to come. Trump was saying that he he announced he was going to hold a rally in Northern Virginia for Glenn Youngkin once it became clear that there was a real chance that Glenn Youngkin could win. That was when Donald Trump involved himself. His endorsement wasn't sought. His help wasn't sought. There's no reason at all to hold a rally in Northern Virginia unless you want to increase Democrat turnout with Donald Trump. The Democrats in Northern Virginia are the home of Trump haters. If you want to do a rally that actually would have stood a chance to, to have any impact whatsoever, you would have done it in Southern Virginia to try and get out the vote. But that wasn't what was offered. The Youngkin campaign eventually had to say that they would not attend And then the rally got canceled because they couldn't stop him. They couldn't change it. They couldn't do anything. This is all pretty public record. But here he is taking credit for Glenn Youngkin. Now, I don't know what Glenn Youngkin did. I honestly don't know what Glenn Youngkin did to get the ire of Donald Trump. Nobody's talking about Glenn Youngkin running for president. Nobody's Glenn Youngkin has not released a statement saying, my God, Donald Trump smells or anything like that. But it is, frankly, if you are the world's biggest Donald Trump fan, these attacks, unprovoked, make him seem weak, don't they? They make him seem insecure, that's for sure. Right now, if you're at all interested in the conservative cause, If you're at all interested in the conservative cause, you would be focusing your energy in Georgia. 
just in Georgia. If you're interested in helping the party and helping the country, and right now with Joe Biden in the White House, the only way to help the country is to stop things from getting worse, to stop him and Democrats from passing worse things, you should be focused on Georgia. Period. End of story. Since Herschel Walker is Donald Trump's hand-picked candidate, and he lost this race, he got lucky that Warnock didn't make it to 50%, but he came damn close. Herschel Walker came in second place, simply reminding people that Herschel Walker used to be a running back at the University of Georgia and won the Heisman Trophy there isn't exactly going to help. There isn't a single human being in Georgia who doesn't know that. Everybody for whom that matters, and I hope there aren't very many, but for anybody who that matters, it goes, you know what? I don't agree with him politically, but he won the Heisman Trophy as a bulldog, so I will vote for him for the Senate. Anybody who that matters to, they've already got the vote of. It's about reaching other people, and it's about getting everybody who showed up to vote on Tuesday to show up again on December 6th and vote again and vote the same way. And moreover, bring other people with them because if just the people who voted on Tuesday show up, Warnock wins. Herschel Walker loses. It would be nice for Donald Trump to focus. There's nothing, if he's going to announce on this coming Tuesday that he's running for president again, there's absolutely no reason whatsoever for him to do that. It can't be, it can be postponed. It can easily be postponed. The priority is the Senate because this could come down to control of the Senate or at least keep the Senate 50-50, whatever it is. If Democrats get the chance, Democrats make a gain, there's a possibility they could change Senate rules and uh, really screw over this country in the future. The priority has to be the Georgia runoff. If that's not the priority, then I don't know. Then there's something wrong with you. There's no reason that Donald Trump has to announce now. He can wait a month. Think of the case he could make if he's able to drag Herschel Walker across the finish line. Imagine how powerful a case and how good of a campaign for this runoff Herschel Walker would have and run if he had Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis campaigning with him, where they weren't flinging boogers at each other, or at least one of the people flinging boogers at the other. Imagine that. The priority for the Republican Party should be the Republican Party right now. They can do all their backbiting and infighting all they want. But if you can't put your interests aside for a moment for the greater good, then why would anybody vote for you? I don't know. Aside from the, and then there's the weird young kin attack. Nuts. There's something going on here. I don't, how insecure is he? I don't know. The most important thing right now is the Senate. The race in Georgia, the runoff. Period. End of story. That should be all anybody's focused on. And you sit there and you go, well, we don't have the Senate yet. It, it's the next election. Whatever happens with Nevada, whatever happens with uh, Arizona, whatever happens with any of the other races out there, the votes are cast for that. 
Okay, it's over. You can't influence that. You can't campaign super hard and change anything that's going on, right? You can change the House even. The House, ABC News is now projecting that Republicans might end up with as few as 220 House seats. So the House, actually, that doesn't even matter because that doesn't mean anything. It could go either way. It's a big deal right there when you you might not get control of the House. And you sit there and you go, what in the hell happened in this election? You You can point to a lot of things. Every single one of them is a factor. Is there one thing? No, there is no one thing. Could it be? Could it be that some people simply are sick of Republicans? Yeah. Could it be that some people are sick of Donald Trump? Yeah, it could be. Could it be, and this is one of the other things, that Republicans underestimated the uh, importance of the Hobbes decision. The Republicans ran away from it. Lindsey Graham, I think, really, if you want to point out who deserves a lot of the blame for Republicans underperforming, I think you have to look at Lindsey Graham. That's why I think he was on, uh, I forget what he was on. He was on some show. It doesn't really matter. But he was getting super hyper defensive. And he was on Fox, so it wasn't like he was facing tough questioning. But he was getting super hyper defensive about his actions. His actions meaning the 15-week nationwide abortion ban that he introduced. There was literally no reason whatsoever to do it. There's no reason to to introduce that piece of legislation when he did. He could have if he really felt compelled to do it, he could have done it now. He could have done it after the election. While it did, he thought, well, this will be unifying for Republicans. No, it wasn't. It was unifying for Democrats. Democrats in key states where you know Senate seats were possible for Republicans to flip and governors' raises were possible for Republicans to flip. Democrats threw on their ballot, ballot initiatives, codifying Roe into law there. They did. It was smart on their behalf. Strategically, it was very smart on their behalf. And you get Lindsey Graham giving them the perfect... Otherwise, you know, you sit there and you say, well, what do they care about abortion in this one state that's legal now? How about you just leave it alone? We don't have to do anything. It's legal. But you give them something to vote against now. You say, well, here's Lindsey Graham saying he wants to make it illegal. Therefore... You better get out there and make it legal. And the people who were wildly upset and ready to take to the, did take to the streets in June, who'd gone home in July, who then started getting pissed off about gas prices and food prices in August and September said in October, wait a second, now we've got something. This guy really is trying to do it. When realistically, the conservative case against Roe was that this is horribly decided law. It should be left up to the states. That's the concept of federalism. Lindsey Graham's act of stupidity and attempt to seemingly become and insert himself into the national discussion was unnecessary, was anti-conservative, to be honest with you. 
You want to have the fight over abortion. Have that fight over abortion in each state. In each state. You can't piss and whine and moan about the federal government shouldn't be imposing top-down right to an abortion. Uh, The federal government has no role in that. Well, the federal government has no role in that then. You won. Congratulations. You won the argument. Stop arguing. But Lindsey Graham, I don't know what he was thinking. I don't even know. Is Lindsey Lindsey Graham known for being wildly pro-life? I don't know. I don't think I remember him being like a a super pro-life leader. My wife did communications for a while for uh, Americans United for Life. I don't remember Lindsey Graham hanging around the office nonstop going, what can I do? How can I help? Maybe he did. But I don't remember it. You're looking at a situation where he then inserted himself into every Senate election across the country. Every single one of them. Every senator and Senate candidate had to answer to what Lindsey Graham said. And then it allowed Democrats to go, see, see, we told you what they were trying to do. This wasn't about federalism. This was about a nationwide abortion ban. And all those people who were upset in June got upset again. And then they were told there's this ballot initiative you can go and vote for. You go vote for that. You tell these Republicans to mind their own business. And you know what? That's what they did. That's what they did. All those ballot initiatives won. All those, whatever Lindsey Graham was trying to accomplish legislatively, um, isn't going to happen, and it ended up having the other effect. So, you know, great job, Linz. Republicans are just incredibly stupid. Incredibly stupid. And it would be nice if they actually acted the way they insist they want to. Oh, it's federalism, states' rights, individual liberty. This Okay, you can be pro-life. You're from South Carolina, Lindsay. Go and work your ass off to get abortion banned completely in South Carolina. Get any kind of abortion ban you want in South Carolina. Go do it. That's what you're fighting for, and you're, I'd support your right and your desire to do it. Instead, you, you likely cost Republicans some seats in the House and in the Senate. And uh, pretending you didn't isn't going to change it, pal. Sorry. All right, that is enough for today. I'm going to save the rest for tomorrow because it was just the screwed up way that the schedule is in hell. Who knows what will happen between now and then? What other races will be called in favor of Democrats? How disgusting. How absolutely annoying and disgusting. Anyway, the winner of the book drawn this week wanted the Gene Simmons book. His name is Doug uh, Anstein. Anstein. I'm going to go with Anstein. Congratulations, Doug. If you haven't checked already, check your messages through Patreon. You have a request for your address so that I might steal your identity. Just kidding. Mostly. But, yeah, so I can send you the book. That means that Judge Janine is returning. Janine, the machine, is coming back for round whatever number it is. Gene's the first one in a long time who, upon first offer, had the name drawn out of the hat. This one's going to be a bit odd. 
That's not, I'll admit, this is going to be a bit odd. It's going to be Judge Janine versus somebody who you wouldn't think of as being conservative, but who apparently was, particularly later in her life. She is no longer with us, which makes it all the more valuable. It is Anne Rice. Yes, Anne Rice. Interview with the Vampire, Anne Rice. This book is not Interview with the Vampire. This book is called The Prince Lestat, and it is signed by Anne Rice herself. So there you go. You probably flip it for, I don't know, 100 bucks on uh, eBay. You get it. All that for 5 bucks a month. Nice, nice, nice. Better odds than the lottery. Go to patreon.com slash derekhunterpodcast or derekhunter.locals.com. Check it out. Enter to win. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate you tolerating when I do take some time off. I am going to take my dad and sister and brother-in-law and another sister are coming out for Thanksgiving. They're going to be here on Thanksgiving Day and Friday. So I'm going to take those days off, I think. Not really sure. For Thanksgiving, I'll run best ofs. The Week in Heaven review will be up again, though, because... That's a promise I made. And my dad also like gets a kick out of the fact that people support me and to and pay to hear me swear. So that's uh it's kind of funny. You didn't for the longest time my parents didn't understand what I most of my career. Not my jobs, not all the jobs I've had, but the career jobs. My parents really had no idea what I did for a living. And so um like think tank. What do you sit around and think all everybody? What do you think all day? and uh, pseudo sort of activism they don't get. But radio, they can kind of understand. My parents were actually, my mom was still alive, right before we got married. It was, I think, the last day I was at work before I got, well, I don't think I took any time off of work. We took the honeymoon later. But um, we had that Friday, I guess it was, I had my both of my parents on. At that time, my parents had been married I don't know, 54 years or something ridiculous like that. And so I just had them on for a segment to talk about how, uh, what, what hints and tips and advice they had. It was fun. They understood what I did then. The podcast, they don't understand what a podcast is. And uh, my dad is, like I wrote a column when my mother passed away that somebody printed up for my dad. And he read that, but I don't think he's... Oh, he did read the column I wrote right after he was diagnosed again with cancer and said he wasn't going to get any treatment. So those are the two col- two things. And he did read my book. So three things that he has read. But he doesn't really understand websites. Somebody had to actually print them up for him. So uh, this uh, the fact that people like to hear me swear especially when he usually tells me to tone it down if I do get a little bit lippy, is a novelty to him. So I appreciate that. This is as much an homage to him as it is to uh, a joy for me because it's an extra joy for me because he thinks it's kind of cool. So thanks for that. Go check it out. Support the program. At, uh, get ready for uh, another week. And possibly, hopefully, some good. Sooner or later, we got to have some good news, don't we? Sooner or later, just the odds are. We'll get to it if we do. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you later.